And if you're a rebel in the home, if that's your testimony at home, now I'm not talking about the odd occasion when, it's, when, when, when just it doesn't go right for you and you, you get it wrong and you blow it. But if you are consistently a rebel in the home, you won't listen to one word that you're uh, being given. You won't follow advice. You are always cutting against the will of parents. You're a rebel. As anything but Christian. It's anything but the calling of God to you as a Christian. Now you might be saying, well, when I get up and I get married and I have my own home, I won't run my home this way. That's probably true. But right now, you're under your parents, under their roof. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, and today we continue our subject on 1 Peter chapter 2.13 on submitting to all men. What a difficult command and injunction to the Christian. Yet, this is the gospel. This is Christianity. We are to submit to those that are in authority over us. Christianity is not a system of rebellion. And even first century martyrs uh, made a testimony that they would submit to those that were in authority over them. We also have a hymn today, but firstly, because you need to be a Christian, because Satan is your father. Now, wait a minute. That is one of the strongest statements anyone can ever make, to call a man a child of the devil. That a human being should be called a child of the devil smacks of insanity or serious religious obsession. But let us realize that this is not the statement of some modern-day religious fanatic or some doomsday preacher. And there are many of those in our day who use scare tactics to drum up support for their crazy notions. Such are parasites to true biblical Christianity. The one who said these words, Ye are of your father the devil, was none less than the Lord Jesus himself. He who is the Son of God and wisdom personified, the teacher of all teachers in Christianity. Now he said this in an exchange with the Pharisees. He was informing them that they were following a lie and opposing the truth. He said to them, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. So the issue is about following the truth. The person who is following the truth is a child of God, through knowing the Savior who is the truth. And logically, the person who is not following the truth is on the side of the devil, or is a child of the devil. You need to become a Christian because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Without the Lord Jesus, who is the way, there is no going. Without Jesus, who is the truth, there is no knowing. And without Jesus, who is the life, there is no living. So you need to become a Christian, because to reject the truth that is in Christ only confirms that you are a child of the devil, that arch enemy of truth, who is a liar from the beginning. To follow the lie is to live the lie. 
and you will end up in the same place as the devil, separated from God from all eternity. Let me close this answer to why I become a Christian with one further verse from John's Gospel, chapter 17, verse 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Jesus is the revelation of the Father. He is the Father's Word. Everything that God has to say to men is through His Son. The Lord Jesus sent by the Father is the Alpha and the Amen. He is the beginning and the end of God's truth. Reject Him, and you follow the lie. Receive Him, and you follow the light of the world, the way to glory and to God. You need to become a Christian to know God, walk with God, and one day live with God. All others are children of the devil who do not enjoy the way to the Father. Thank you for being a part of our program here today. Stay tuned for our message in 1 Peter chapter 2, 14, 13, 14, 15. Firstly, we have our message and song, Beneath the Cross of Jesus. explain the word thankworthy, it, it, it is grace. This is grace. 
This is grace operating in your soul. This is this new birth, the power of the gospel in your life. And perhaps before you were a Christian, you were a most uh, stubborn, awkward, cantankerous person. But a part of your new Christian profession, the Lord has changed me. I've got a new heart and I've got a new attitude. For this is grace or thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, wrongfully. That's hard. This is when the boss or the, the master or some leader is crushing you and seems to be hurting you and hindering you, and yet you submit out of grace. And for conscience toward God, you endure the grief, suffering wrongfully. And here's the argument. Look at verse 20, the word for. For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults? In other words, you feel at the job and they get chewed off and, and maybe you come under the whiplash in, in the Roman times. You deserved it. But if you take it patiently, when you do well and suffer for it, this is acceptable with God. And the word acceptable, let me say, is the same word as backup word thankworthy. It's the word charis, grace. This is grace at work. When you're buffeted for the thing that you've, you're at fault, well, that's just normal run of things. But when you take it, and you're the one being wronged, you suck it up, and you let it go, and you say, I'm not going to be full of revenge, I will submit. I'll accept it. I'll take it. What is that? That's grace. That's acceptable to God. And this is the argument uh, that Peter uh, goes with here. Now, many employers and bosses, slave owners in those old days, they were totally unreasonable. Yet a Christian is to show grace. How do you do that? Well, somebody advised, well, whenever you get upset someone and they have disturbed you, just, just count to ten before you react. And well, you know the answer to that one. I did count to ten and then I sucked them under the chin. How do you react? You submit. It hurts. It's against you. But for Christ's sake and for the gospel's sake, out of grace, you submit. You take the attitude of a servant. In verse 21, you'll notice another part of the argument now. The word for again. For even hereunto were ye called. This is our calling as Christians. Did you expect that when you became a Christian, you'd be understood by everybody? Did you expect that they would treat you well? Did you expect that they would favor you and give you a leg up every time and make you the top of the pile and climb the ladder every time just because you're a Christian? No, that's not the way it works in this sinful world. Because you're a Christian, you are called to suffer. What does it say there? For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. This is like taking up our cross to be a Christian. This is the burden that we carry. This is the misunder to be misunderstood, to be maligned, to become the offscouring of the world. 
hated and despised because as they hated our Lord, they hate us. That's the spirit of the world. This is our calling. And so we recognize this and we do it as unto the Lord and for his name and honor. In verse 22, um, no, verse 21, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. An example. This is not how we're saved, of course, but this is how we live as a Christian. The word example here is a very interesting word. Uh, we do this for our children. We draw an outline for them to color in. You know those books you can get where the, the kids are supposed to take crayons and markers and color in between the lines. And of course, they come out with this beautiful picture and, and the child thinks is, you know, he's a Van Gogh or some great artist. Got great talent because he's coloring within the lines. Our Lord Jesus has left us an example and we are now to color it in. We're to live it. And we know how our Lord Jesus dealt with the rude, the harsh, the pilots of this world, the herods of this world, the obnoxious, the traitors. What did our Lord do? Well, it tells us that when he was reviled, he reviled not again. And that's the outline the Lord has given us, and that's the way we're to live. That's the pattern. That's how we are to make our profession of Christianity before the world. Now it's hard. And teenagers, let me come back to you here. I said this sermon was for you. Young people, under parent, uh, as your guardian and guide and your father and mother, there's a stage in life when it becomes awful difficult to submit to the, the desires of mom and dad. You're not a little kid anymore. And sometimes we as parents are guilty of provoking our older children and, and perhaps making it even more difficult for you. But the Lord calls you as a Christian to submission. And if you're a rebel in the home, if that's your testimony at home, now I'm not talking about the odd occasion when, it's, when, when, when just it doesn't go right for you and you, you get it wrong and you blow it, but if you are consistently a rebel in the home, you won't listen to one word that you're uh, being given, you won't follow advice, you are always cutting against the will of parents. You're a rebel. As anything but Christian. It's anything but the calling of God to you as a Christian. Now you might be saying, well, when I get up and I get married and I have my own home, I won't run my home this way. That's probably true. But right now, you're under your parents, under their roof. You're called to submit. If you want a Christian testimony, if you want to please the Lord, if you want to show forth grace, that you've got a new heart, a new nature, there will be within a spirit of submission. That's the cause. That's the argument of the very passage. And it's a gospel cause. And how often the gospel is damaged because of wrong attitudes, of people who get on the agenda and say, well, I'm going to have my own way no matter what, and whatever carnage it costs at home, at church, or in society, and they end up blowing everything. It's of the flesh, and it's not the will of God. Now, I move to my major third point here, verse 23. 
It is a Christ-like committing, committing. Verse 23, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. Here's how the Lord Jesus did it. He's our example, and he committed the outcome to God, his Father. He trusted God for the outcome. What Herod did to our Lord Jesus was not right. What Pilate did to our Lord Jesus was not right. What many Pharisees and Sadducees and Samaritans did to our Lord Jesus was not right. What did our Lord do? He didn't write to Caesar and petition that an army would come and destroy these people. He didn't call a legion of angels and seek to write them off or deliver them from their hands. Rather, he committed himself to the one who judgeth righteously. And that's what we have to do when we're living in an unjust, unfair world. And we know that we are of the position that someone is absolutely wrong and damaging us. What do we do? We commit it to God. We hand it over. We don't try a spirit of revenge and attack or try to change the world by our own methods. We commit it to God. That's what our Lord did. That's what Job did when he was afflicted and troubled and all his friends had turned into his unfriendly advisors. What did Job say? Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. And there will be times in your Christian life that you will not have all the answers as Job didn't. And there will be times when you think that men are against you unjustly. And you could draw up all the arguments of how you're right and they're wrong. But because of your station and position, what do you do? You commit it to God. You commit it to God. You leave the outcome with God. Why? Because he judgeth righteously. And God will ensure that the outcome is a righteous one. It may not happen overnight. The wheels of God's judgment may grind very slowly, but they grind surely. And on the eternal day, God will declare righteously. So we don't seek revenge. We do not take the law into our own hands. We let the enemy of our souls and commit him to, to God. Have you heard the story of old Shimei in the Old Testament in Second Samuel? Uh, there was a day whenever David was out and about and Shimei was on the other side of a, a waterway or a river and he was cursing David. And of course, in the vilest of language, he was putting David the king. He was the king. David was the king now. And he was this blasphemer against the king. And Abishai, the guard of the king, he said, what shall I do? Will I go over and take his head off? Now, if you were the king, what would you do? This guy's a rebel. He's got an unjust cause, and he's a rebel against the king. What do you do with him? Habashai, if he had his way, he would go over and take his head off. David said, let him blaspheme. Let him speak on. It may be the Lord will requite me. Committed it to God. Let him go on. That's the greatest thing and the greatest testimony that a Christian can bring forth. And it means that you rest your case 
placing it in God's hand, his wisdom, his providence. And likewise, we're to give place to those who at times show will will to us. They become our enemies. What do we do? We pray for them, commit them to God. And that's the spirit and example of our Lord Jesus, who throughout his life, during his arrest, before, in the hands of those who cursed him and blasphemed him and mocked him, what did he do? Committed them to God. Can you do that? Submit. That does not mean that the Lord is going to promise you deliverance in every situation, but he can give you the grace to follow the example of the Lord Jesus. In the Psalms we read this, Psalm 37, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noon day. Why did Peter have to give out all this kind of instruction to these Christians? Why did he feel that this kind of practical information was necessary? It's the real world. It's the real world. You know, some people get this great idealism of what the world should be. And I must make it the wonderful world that it ought to be. And they end up living in fairyland. This world is never going to be a perfect paradise of fairness, truth, and righteousness. It's a sinful, fallen, rebellious, wicked, anti-Christian world. And until the day that Christ returns, this is the will of God for us. Submit to the ordinance of men. For the Lord's sake. For the Lord's sake. And whether we like whether we don't like, because the Lord would have us. We bow the knee, we submit. What a testimony God can give us by that means. And of course, he can give us the grace to obey it. Now, I have to admit that this is much easier to preach than to practice. Much easier to read than to do in the everyday world in which we live. But that's real Christianity. That's real Christianity. That is to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus and to take up the cross and follow him. And it honors him, brings glory to his name, and it will give you opportunities to shine for him, to show forth the excellencies of his glorious name. It all stems out of verse 9. May the Lord help you tonight, and bless us all, and use this word in each and sin, dead in sin, can dead men labor, what good works can dead men do, dead in sin, no hope of heaven, what may I aspire to, in despair I cry to Jesus, sinners hope and sinners plead. All my sins he took upon him, but he gave new life to me. 
seen a dreadful sentence And the law will have its way But the sinless one in mercy Undertook the price to pay Dead in sin but Christ the Savior For this poor lost soul has died And the hope of ransom sinner Rests upon the crucified In despair I cried to Jesus Sinner's hope and sinner's plea All my sins he took upon him But he gave new life to me All my sins he took upon him But he gave new life to me You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our free Presbyterian Church. I trust the Lord has blessed, and if I can be of any personal help, feel free to give me a call here at the number that's coming up in the announcements, plus the website, www.cloverdalefpc.ca. For all your questions concerning our radio ministry, our churches in Canada, and... uh, Let the Bible Speak quarterly magazines as well as CDs and how you may re-listen to these messages. May the Lord draw near and bless you today through his word and I pray that you will continue to listen in day by day as we let the Bible speak. This is our burden. This is our great privilege to take the gospel where otherwise we could never go. But we thank the Lord for this opportunity on the airwaves. We trust you'll stand with us in prayer and that you will even consider uh, supporting us as we seek to minister the gospel week by week here on this station. Thank you again. Stay tuned as we come to our closing announcements. Again, thank you for listening to our broadcast here today. If you'd like to hear this program again, or if you would like information about our programming schedules across Canada on various stations, and if you would like the information on how to donate and support this ministry, go to our website, ltbs.ca. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you, as again we let the Bible speak. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 187 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. There you can find a link to our Sunday services that are broadcast online. For all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm 
every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30am. You can contact us using our office number which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. And this is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on this station for our full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of his word.